been caused by the enemy against you. But I am coming, saith the Lord God, as Jehovah Rapha, to mend up and to heal and to repair and to restore. For my enemy has run havoc in this community, but I am coming to bring my peace and my restoration into you. I will. You have wondered in your mind and in your heart, Lord, where are you? Don't you see the destruction made against me? Don't you see, Lord, the suffering that I'm having in my body and in my life? The Lord would say to you, I am very close to you. I am upon you this day. And I am coming to bring restoration to your life. My question, would you lift up your face to me, says the Lord? Would you lift your hands to me? Would you surrender your heart to me? I want to move in you. I want to move in my body. I want to begin to once again take dominion in this community. I cannot do it through any other means than my body, the church. Will you surrender? Will you sanctify your life? Will you set yourself apart for the task that is ahead of you? The Lord will speak to you clearly. I can mend you. I can restore you. I can make you whole. I begin this day. Part of it rests upon you. The yielding. The giving over. The surrender. Put your hands, put your hearts, put your lives in my hands, says the Lord. And I will do it. Hallelujah. Church, you can be seated. Let me tell you something I saw this week during the revival meetings, the tent meetings. Interestingly enough, as the shofar was being blown, I saw it leave the end of the horn. Isn't that interesting how you can see a sound? I saw it leave the end of the horn and begin to hit the mountain on the other side of the community. For those of you that live here, you know, somewhere like over across by North Shore, just to the west of Whispering Forest, it began to ricochet off the mountain, across the lake, and ricochet back. And I thought, Lord, that thing is going to, that thing in the spirit is going to cover from one side to the other. It's going to go all the way to the dam. But then I saw it just freeze midair. It stopped. I said, Lord, no. No. Right there is where the responsibility of the body of Christ comes in to me, in my heart. I see it right there. God has all authority. He has all power. But He has decided to work through His body. He has decided to work through His church. And the only thing that can stop this movement, the enemy can't stop that movement, but the church can. The body of Christ can arrest the move of God. I'm feeling a huge responsibility. Now listen, let's go back a week or so. Remember when the Lord said, or the Lord showed me that that plow had hit the ground? And begin to just tear up the field. And I was excited about harvest and planting, but it was erratic and it was destructive. What did the Lord say then? 
He was going to take every destructive move of the enemy and straighten it out and begin to plant seeds and make a field that would grow. We know the field is the world. And we know that there's a harvest that we need to reap for his kingdom. Now, he's in charge, and we're just going to submit to what he's doing. Amen? Let's not plug up what God's doing. I heard this week uh, very clearly that the only one of the things that's going to block revival or restoration or strengthening of the body of Christ and the move of the Spirit in a community is hidden sin. Things that we do that nobody knows about. But God knows about it. And there's an impurity in the body of Christ that's hindering. And I want to see, you know, the shofar thing is for me a visual demonstration of, you know, that's the call for war. That's the call to assemble. That is the, it's not a musical instrument. We've been taught that, that it's not a musical instrument, not an instrument of worship. It's an instrument of a call and a resounding to collect the body of Christ for war. That's right. And I thought, bang, let it go, Lord, let it happen. Bang, let's let it go all the way through this community. But when it stopped, my heart was broken. I said, Lord, don't let it stop. He said, it's not up to me whether it stops or not. He would have his way. He would have his way here. We've got to help him have his way. There is personal responsibility. There is corporate responsibility. Now listen, it's not all bad news this morning. Amen? Amen. Hear about the good news. Part of the good news is this, is what we saw this week. Yes. Brother Chris Clock. I have to learn how to say brother all over again. <laughs> Get down south, you know. Um, we saw the church together. Yes. And we didn't see all the church together, but we saw the church getting together. Yes. We should give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. And, uh, you know, news will spread and unity is a good thing. And behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. God commands the blessing right there. Psalm 133, even life forevermore. We're glad for those that got saved this week. Those who got filled with the Holy Ghost this week. And we're not done yet. Amen. And uh, God's not done. So there are earmarks and there are way markers and demarcations of what God is doing. Let's just give over. Anybody still afraid of being a little crazy? You know, got to keep our decorum. And, you know, we're not trying to run people off being wild and woolly. But, uh, you know, we should be kind. And I mean, lift your hands in service. Don't smack the person next to you. That's right. God is getting... God's fixing to do something. Amen. He's doing something. He's just fixing to do more. And I'm looking at you this morning and I say, God, light tongues of fire on every head. Little candles, little lighthouses, and put us all over this community to announce the name of Jesus. That'd be good? Amen. Amen. That's so good, I'm going to take up an offering. What happened? (laughs) I know that's a foreign word around here. That's the problem. You know, we don't, Chris, we don't do offerings here. we just got boxes in the wall. And let me just remind you that uh, tithing is a biblical deal, right? And uh, tithing is not offering. So when we do an offering, you don't go, oh, that's good. I brought my tithe check. I'll just cut it in half. And... No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You'll be blessed. You put the whole tithe in the storehouse. And then you dig deep for the offering. And, the, and maybe it goes to sacrificial giving. And that's okay. And in these times, a lot of giving is sacrificial. 
You know, get people out of work. Josh, would you mind if I put you on the spot? We prayed the other night in a prayer meeting last week about work and then what happened. Did you testify about how soon you got work after we prayed? Well, I was waiting for uh, some plans that I submitted into the city. I'm a general contractor, and I submitted some plans into the city. And generally, it generally it takes about uh, handheld one to two weeks in order to get the plans out. Well, this particular set of plans it took uh, uh, five weeks to get out, and I, my crew was out of work for uh, two weeks. And uh, we were at a prayer meeting one night, and uh, you know, just the Lord spoke to us about praying about for, for those individuals that are out of work or that need work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my family's needs were taken care of. However, my crew, uh, they were. You know, in, a, in a desperate and uh, tight situation, and I definitely carry the burden for them. And uh, we prayed that night, and uh, the next morning I had five obstacles that I had to overcome in order to get the permit so we can begin work. And uh, generally, all those five obstacles are issues that could potentially hold you up for you know an indefinite amount of time. And uh, we <laughs> praise God, we were able to get through all those five obstacles that morning. Get the permit and be back to work the next day. The next day. The next day. I know there are others we could go to. I just spot him. He's easy to pick on. So, uh, But, you know, when, when we pray, things happen. So when God gives us a word and we chase to go with his word, then uh, we can count on that. We And that night we did in the prayer meeting, we had those who needed uh, work get in one spot, those who needed to sell something get in another spot. And, I forget the third spot, but we had three different places we prayed, and God began to move in answer to those prayers the very next day. Uh, actually, he was probably ahead of us, don't you think? Yeah. Amen. Well, we are going to receive an offering, and I'd rather do this at the end of the service, because I'm asking you to give an offering for a guest speaker that some of you may haven't heard yet. So here's how we're going to do it. We're going to go ahead and take up an offering for the speaker, Chris Clark. We're going to bless him. Amen? Amen. I mean, bless him. And uh, I got we got other speakers coming this month. You know, Ted Rose is going to be here middle of August, so you know, be ready for that one too. Pray that God will bless you twice as much after this offering, so you can do the next one. But uh, some of you are going to go, oh, if I'd have known he was that good. <laughs> so now, if you feel that way, here's what you do: you start your check, but you don't finish it. And you leave a little space on the end for another zero. And at the end of the service, you finish it, and you get it to us, or drop it in the box, and we'll make sure it happens. But we want to go through the process of taking up and receiving an offering, so, so we don't forget how it works. Okay? Do we have ushers for this? We're ready. Okay. All right. So you can make your check out to Christian Center, BBCC, that's fine. Or use an envelope in the chair there if you've got one. And uh, let's, be, let's just listen for the voice of God and what he wants us to do. God says where your heart is, your treasure will follow. Amen. And where you place your treasure, your heart will follow. So Lord, use us this morning to bless the man of God. Thank you that you put your call on his life and you sent him to us. And that he was obedient, responded to the call. Let us be obedient this morning in our giving to bless him in his continuing ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, if if you you need to, nudge the person next to you and borrow their checkbook if you have to. Yeah.
Praise the Lord. Chris and Gary. Can we, we're going to borrow you on the base again? Can you come back to the base? Yeah. Chris, can you come back to the drums? You guys come and help when he comes? He's going to want your help. I'll make it more clear. We're going to borrow you guys in a minute. You and Gary, okay? Thanks. As we get started here in, the, in this next portion of our celebration, there are a lot of things to celebrate. Where's, where's Joey? Is Joey here? Joey, would you stand up? Joey got uh, really gave his heart to Jesus. Uh, he's been saved for a while. Yeah. But he gave his... I know a lot of you did, and, but I just want to point him out. Uh, he has to get used to this because God put his hand on him this yes, week. He and uh, he went, was baptized yesterday. That was quite the thing, baptizing out there. I was driving up to the baptism saying, I'm not sure I want to stand in a bowl of water in a lightning storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, it's pouring rain and lightning. As I get out of my car, I see this bolt go right down behind Riffenberg. I thought, that's doggone close. And there's a telephone pole right next to the baptistry thing. And I'm thinking, here we come, Jesus. When we got baptized, we went forward last night to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know the results of that, but I know that God is faithful. And uh, he's got to get started on a path. And, Joey, part of that is being in front of people like you just did without letting it go to your head. In fact, it should drive you to your knees. That's right. And uh, so we're going to start discipling him big time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I've been challenged in my faith this week. I've really been challenged in my faith. I've been challenged about my prayer life, personal intimacy with God. Uh, intercession for our valley, our community, and, and revival praying, without which America will not see a move of God again. I've been really encouraged by the demonstration of the unity in the body of Christ. Um, we've really received a fresh word from the servant of God. Uh, it's not a new word. It's a fresh word. It's the same word we need to hear, but it's fresh from God. He's restored giving it to us again. I'd like to say I think we've got a new friend. Uh, it's been great to see the body of, of Big Bear Christian Center specifically rise to the challenge of a major event. And uh, I'm grateful for that. The whole, everything from planning to set up to advertising to tear down to everything. And I also know that uh, in acknowledging individuals, there's a big chance you're going to miss somebody and hurt some feelings. And I also know that when you start to say thank you publicly to people, that the ones that work the hardest don't want you to do it. So I'm not going to. I just want to say thanks to everybody. Thank you all very, very much for saying yes to Jesus and what he wants to do in our community. Our next step is to gather a harvest into the cells and make sure they're discipled. We're going to be doing follow-up and some of your cell ears will probably get called on to uh, touch base with somebody you may not know and that's okay. You'll get to know them and you'll love them, embrace them. They'll be part of your family and we want to disciple the harvest. And part of it that you know, comes to us is responsibility. We want to be faithful to that and we want to continue to believe that God will give us new souls into the harvest 
uh, that are connected to those people. They have an oikos. They have a circle of friends. They have family that need to know Jesus too. And now that they're, they've come to Christ and surrendered, got to get some of that top end out of there, um, they can touch their family members. You know, I've heard that if you can get a miracle in a Muslim, that you'll get about 80 people saved. Wow. Because it runs through their family. I could use a little of that here. Amen. Sure. So let's keep our faith alive. Let's keep our lights on for those that are coming our way after this event. And I, I would like to say for Sue Walter and myself that uh, this has been a great birthday present for us. <laughs> Sue and I share a birthday that uh, was yesterday. So. Huh? And she's in the nursery. I was looking all over trying to pin her down. And uh, hey, I also would like to congratulate the Pattons on, uh, again on Celeste Patton being baptized. I think she's in kids' zone this morning with her mom, too. So, Oh, you're right there. So, oh, Celeste. Ed has something for you right there at the end of your aisle. And uh, we're not trying to embarrass you at all, but there is a certificate for your baptism. And congratulations. We'll use this one later or you'll get started with that? I'll, I'll, I'll sing first and then use that. All right. Is that one of those will have it hit the, for two minutes? A little green light. No, it'll be on red. You push right. it once, it turns right. green. There we go. We had him fooled with those ones at the meetings. <laughs> Welcome, Chris Clock. Hey, let's go. I want to give you this. A, right. I know you're traveling in your car, so I can't yeah. give you a great big thing off a wall or something. So this is a little Kincaid Lighthouse here that All right. uh, will remind you of us. Yeah. Well, cards on the back there. Praise and, uh, God. So you won't forget us? No, I won't ever forget you, man. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All, all the time. Praise God. Well, we had an awesome time, didn't we? Let's give Jesus a hand for what he did. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I, I've said this different different times during the revival of the tent. How many of you were in the tent, by the way? Let me see your hands. How many of you didn't get to go? You didn't go. You, those boys, I know they were there because I, they're my buddies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think just about everybody here got to go at least once. And uh, we had so many miracles of healing. And God did such a powerful, powerful work in the altar. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not the greatest preacher you'll ever hear. And I know that. I understand that. But really, I'm, I'm a man of the altar. I really believe in getting people in the altars. I, uh, when I was in Bible school, our homiletics teacher always said, preach for the altar. Get people to make a decision. Bring people to the front. Do something. Praise the Lord. And I want to know something. Tell you some folks. If you'll see God, He'll always show up. How many of you believe He showed up all every night this week? And um, 
Appreciate Brother Jim inviting me to come. Well, he's on the orchestra this night. He doesn't like me to say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. And uh, I would never have been here if it had been for the Lord through Brother Jim and his wife, Linda. And uh, they were preaching to California before, except, well, one time a few, several years ago. And uh, so thank you for letting me come to your church, Pastor. Appreciate Brother Tunnel. And uh, I know I'm traditional. I know I'm old-fashioned. People preach against that nowadays. I, I still wear a tie, you know. <laughs> and uh, you have to understand that what kind of a church I was. I was raised in a holiness church. I mean, I was raised where sleeveless things were sinful. So, I mean, I've, I've had to come a long way, praise the Lord. And, and um, But I want to sing an old song. Oh, of course, all my songs are old, praise God. And um, now, can you hear this piano out there? Because I couldn't hear it when you played it. So, can you hear it? All right, praise the Lord. A lady in our church, she's a black lady, used to sing this song. And uh, her name was Sister Newman. She was an evangelist. And uh, she was healed when I was a little kid of lung cancer. I, I mentioned this this past week. She had lung cancer. And um, Leroy Jenkins, you know who he was? Anybody ever heard of Leroy Jenkins? He's an evangelist. And, uh, and uh, of course, if you're from the South, you know who he was. And he came and prayed for her. She was dying of lung cancer. About 1963-62. He prayed for her and she felt it loosen up in her lungs. She went home and she spit the whole thing up. And put it in a fruit jar. And preached the gospel for about 30 years. Praise the Lord. So she used to sing this song. and it's, Some of you probably heard it. Some of you maybe have never heard it. And keep B flat, bro. I'm going to sing it slow and then we'll speed it up. Alright? <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I just have to add live. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, if this gets too loud out there, you can turn it down. As long as I'm loud up here, that's all I care about. Praise the Lord. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come my way? Should my heart feel lonely if heaven will be my reward? For Jesus is my portion. Is he your portion today? And a constant. Well, you know, we're going to have to. Uh, do they put the root words up there? Okay, that's good. Well, uh, that's okay. Look at that. Uh, but I want you to make some noise, okay? <laughs> I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I'm not a Baptist or a Holy Ghost preacher. Amen. So, praise the Lord. Can I get a witness to the hallelujah? A constant friend is he. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I said his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches. How many of you know the Lord watches you? I sing because I'm happy. How many of you are happy today? And I sing 
I sing, I know, y'all sing, I know, y'all repeat that, okay? I know, 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 He watches over me. Jesus. Well, what can I say? To improve on Jesus. You can never improve on Jesus, can you? Take a Bible, if you were, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a great preacher years ago. Maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. His name is Richard Jeffries. Richard Jeffries had a great healing ministry many, many, many years ago. In fact, he's really one of the ones that, that coined the term tent evangelism, especially in Latin America. He had an apostolic ministry, an apostolic mantle. I heard him preach one time to Christ to the Nations before he died there in Dallas. And Sister Lindsay... Um, she introduced him. She introduced Brother Jeffrey. says, just plain vanilla. And he would get up and just say, the only thing I've come to do is brag on Jesus. How many of you know when you brag on Jesus, that's the best person to brag about? 
You can never improve on Jesus. I mean, no matter how hard you try, it's like it's like my mother. She's a real estate agent. Said this this term. She said, uh, uh, "Money cannot buy poverty, no matter how hard you try." Well, brother, you can never improve on Jesus, no matter how hard you try. Back in the 1970s, I was about 12 years old. Remember, the Life magazine came out with an article on the Jesus movement here in California. How many of you are old enough to remember that? When all these hippies were getting uh, baptized, I think by Chuck Smith in the Atlantic Ocean, and receiving... Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Wrong ocean! At least I didn't say the Gulf of Mexico. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Getting, and, it, and it hit, the, and it hit the, um, the, all of the magazines, and they had the sign one way. And um, you, you, you remember that. And, and God moved in a very powerful way, and, the, and they called it the Jesus Movement. Because all these people were being saved, baptized the Holy Ghost. And uh, it, was an, it was an interesting era. It was all a part of that charismatic renewal. And there were several people involved in that renewal, of course. And um, I remember going to a church when I was about 12 that sprung up out of that meeting or that move in Tucson, Arizona called Grace Chapel. You, remember, you know that Grace Chapel. Uh, now they're a four-square church, but for many years they were just an independent uh, charismatic church. And they started in a high school. And uh, people began to come, all these kids, teenagers. Of course, back then I was like a little younger and I thought they were old people back then, of course. And uh, they, they began to come out, and, and the church grew to about 3,000 people. And, uh, you know, I, I think about the, that era, and I think about how it impacted the high schools, it impacted the university. Uh, there was a young man that, his name is Snow Peabody, that was somewhat a part of that. He's the, he became the National Team Challenge Director of um, their Springfield. And now he's over across the state of Arizona Teen Challenge. But I thought about, you know, just a move of God will change an entire community and a nation. And that's what we desperately need now. How many of you want to see God move? Not, in, not just in a few churches here in Big Bear. And, and you know, I, and I, don't, I don't want to, to, to minimize the importance of the church. But I mean to impact the, the entire community. Do you want to see that happen here? That, that's my desire, is to see it not just in churches, but to where you would have to take the back of this building and knock it down and keep going 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 to hold the harvest. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for everyone that is here. All the ministers that are visiting the men of God, the women of God, as our pastor said, even those that were not publicly mentioned, this is a body ministry. It's not about one person. Lord, your God, it's about Jesus Christ and Him glorified and Him crucified. God, help me to preach not my opinion this morning, but to preach your word. And we will, be care- we will be careful to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And everyone said amen. Thank you, Pastor.
Beginning in verse 1. I'm reading from the King James Version. That's just the version I, I use. It's the version of choice for me. So maybe it would be different if you have the NIV. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For the word spoken by angels was steadfast. And every transgression and disobedience received a, a recompense of reward. That word recompense means penalty. How shall we escape if we neglect? It does not say reject. It says neglect so great salvation. Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. I'm just going to read four verses today and um, I want to preach on this. The writer of the Hebrews uh, is very concerned about the church staying pure. Because the church of God is the body of Christ. It is not my body. In fact, when I was saved, I no longer am my own. Did you get that? I'm no longer my own person as far as my own will. My will must be subject to the will of Jesus Christ, the Lordship. Let me explain something about the... And I'm going to go a little bit deeper today. Uh, in, 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 this, in this church setting than I would in the tent. The church of God, the, the, the evangelical, the Pentecostal church, believes this is how we believe. We believe that God is supreme. Under God is His Word, and under His Word is the church. We are subject to God through His Word. We do not believe that the church is above the Word of God as one uh, organization teaches. <laughs> I won't say who that is. We, we do not believe that tradition of man overrules the Word of God. We do not believe that seminaries or cemeteries, <laughs> Bible institutes, Bible colleges, a personal revelation or illumination will ever supersede the Word of God. We believe that we must become subject. Young people, I want you to hear this. Joey, get listen to this young man. Now, we must be subject to the Word of Almighty God. In fact, in the Reformation, it was called Sola Scriptus, meaning the Word of God only. Are you with me today? The, the, the writer of the Hebrews says this, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, heard, lest at any time we shall let them slip. Now, the word slip is a, is a navigation term of a, a boat that loses its moorings and is no longer tied to the dock and it just begins to drift away. He is so concerned about people, the church, believers, slipping away from the, from the Word of Almighty God. I'm seeing that in America. The reason why I believe that America is in the condition it is in is because we've slipped away. We've lost our bearings. We've lost our moorings. Are you all with me today? I have a personal, as a minister, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to make sure that my life 
lines up with this. I cannot depend upon the pastor. I cannot depend upon an organizational structure. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ. There are certain convictions that I have that I, I, I do not pray to sin, but the Lord dealt with me personally as a young person that I cannot do because it would lead me away from Jesus. The Bible says lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets us. There are certain things that I must do to make sure that I keep my walk with Jesus. I must pray. If I go a day without praying, I feel that. If I go a day without reading the Word of God, I feel that in my spirit because that's what feeds me. I'm not spiritual because I preach. We're not spiritual because I sing. We're spiritual because we pray. Let me say that again. The altar is a place of contrition. The altar is a place of death. Where I die to myself. Every revival starts somewhere in the altar. Did you hear what I said? Let me say that one more time. Y'all kind of look at me funny, but that's okay. The altar, I'm going to go back to this. Our churches have left the prayer meeting. Now, I'm going to say something. You may, you, you, I'm not pleased, please understand, I'm not against it. But it doesn't replace it. So listen to what I have to say. I'm not against praise and worship. I could have stood here and worship. When you sang that song, How Great Is Our God, I could have stood there for a half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, sing, just singing that song. I love to worship. But worship does not replace prayer. Unfortunately, the American church has replaced that. Secondly, I'm not against holding hands and people leading in prayer. But that does not, that does not replace my personal prayer life. Are you with me? I was raised in a church where we had an altar bench. Now, I know you have a small space here. You can't have one. We had an altar bench where after the minister preached, if we were not being ministered to in healing or being ministered to by the Holy, the Holy Ghost, we would find, we would call find a place to pray. That's where I learned how to pray. And back in those days, the men went to one side of the altar and the ladies to the other. And I'm not saying we have to do that. I'm just saying that's how it was. And we would kneel. And they would call it travailing before God. Prevailing prayer. Interceding. And we had lots of Kleenex boxes. And people would begin to seek God. And begin to pray to God. And they begin to, I, I would see them beat the altars. God, move by your spirit. Save my kids. Save my husband. Save my wife. Save my parents. Save my grandparents. And when I was a little kid, I remember there was a family that came to our church from Arkansas. Sister Glosson and her kids. And their son was not saved. Excuse me, their, their, their father was not saved. 
And the boys would go every night to the altar and begin to pray for their daddy, Mr. Glosson. And he would not take communion because he was not saved. He would attend church. But whenever the altar call would come, he'd always walk out. One night, the power of God was moving in the altar service. And the boys were there, and they were seeking God for their daddy. And, and the pastor, Pastor Seitz, went outside and said, Hugh, that's his name, Hugh, your boys are praying for you. Don't you think it's time to give your heart to Jesus Christ? And Hugh came out from that car that he was sitting in waiting for the altar to be over and walked down that aisle and gave his life to Jesus Christ because his sons, his boys, were praying. There's something about people that pray. When you get your kids to the altar, mom and dad, you know, I, there were many times I would come home and, and dad wasn't in from work yet and my mom would be in the back of the house and I could hear her praying when I opened up that door. It wasn't, it wasn't a private prayer. It was a loud, fervent prayer. It was a prayer unto God. And she was calling out my dad's name, calling out my brother's name, calling out my name. And, and even though I was serving God, conviction would hit me because I know my mother was praying. My mother was a, is a prayer warrior. My grandmother is a prayer warrior. They, they, they know what the altar is. They know the ministry of the altar. They're, they're so concerned about not allowing what they have heard to slip away. Hear me tonight, this morning, church. We can have all of the organizational structure that we can come up with. We can do all the religious activities. We can plan and strategize. But without prayer, brother, it will always fall dead. Because it's in prayer that I get to know God. It's in prayer. I know the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's in prayer. I get to know Jesus. How many of you today want to pray? Because it's slipping away. I don't see our, pray, our churches praying anymore. That's why there's no fire. Brother Shambach says there's more fire in the kitchen than on the altar. We get all excited about cooking instead of praying. Anybody in the house today? Let me tell you something, folks. The, the standards of the convictions that I have received came from praying it through. I don't, I don't attend movies. I used to. And the Lord began to deal with me. And I began to have to pray it through. He said, God, why is this wrong? Why are you convicting me when so-and-so is going? The Lord began to show me the word. Where David said this, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. The Bible says, Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. But I'll go pay to hear it done. Job said this, I will not look upon a maid, meaning lustfully. So I said, Lord, if you don't want me to go to the theater anymore, then take away the desire. And he did. I have no desire to ever walk back into a theater. I know this is kind of old-fashioned and archaic. But when we were archaic... We were a revival movement. 
When people would walk into a Pentecostal church, they felt something. They didn't understand what it was. I've seen people grab the back of a pew and their knuckles turn white under conviction while somebody is singing a song with a guitar. The person doesn't even know what they're singing and tears begin to come down their face because the presence of God is so strong in that place. They are arrested. They are, they are, they are drawn by the power of God because people were living a life separated from the world and separated to God. And there's an atmosphere. We use the term created, however term you want to use it, creating it. I don't like to really use that. I don't think that's really scriptural. It's when God comes down and he begins to honor the prey and the, and the cry of his people. Let me say, I feel this so strong in my spirit. Listen to me, church. Everything flows from the altar. Hear me today. Everything flows from the altar. Everything. Hear me today. Everything flows. I dealt a little bit without about it a little bit the other night, and then as the fire fell upon the altar of sacrifice, and then from there they were to light the candlestick. There they were to to, to make sure that the, the incense was keep burning. They always had to go to the fire of the altar and bring it. Ministry flows from the altar. Hear me today. Ministry flows from. The the prayer meeting. Ministry flows for when I die to myself and I say, God, here am I. As our, 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 our brother right here goes into these nations and they're so bound by hell and they're bound by vertebrae and superstitions and by the occult. They're not interested in just singing a song. They're not interested in just another crusade. There's got to be a place of prayer where you begin to buy the enemy and you begin to confront the powers of hell. Hell will always meet you right there at that altar. You want to know where the devil is at? Brother, I want you know, he's not up on the sugar loaf mansion. He's at the prayer meeting. He'll fight the prayer meeting. He hates the prayer meeting. But when you begin to seek God, hear me today, church, Satan must flee when you submit yourself to him. Can you shut it in today? You want to know where hell is? You'll, hell will confront you right there when you begin to seek God. That, that is one of the, the, that has become not a dying doctrine, the dying doctrine in America. We have manuals on how to have church growth. Oh, I, anybody with me today? Is this the truth today? We have manuals, church growth. Let's take off, let's take our crosses off the wall. Some have espoused because it offends people. Let, let's remove any songs that deal with the blood of Jesus because it offends people. Now let's let's remove anything that refers to Jesus Christ because it offends people. It's called the secret friendly church. I, I have to tell you something. That is a totally unscriptural term. Because the Bible says none seeketh God. It's always God seeking man. I'll say that again. I'm, I, I'm tired uh, of people trying to misconstrue the scripture for a dollar. Hallelujah. Yeah, we've got to have Jesus, folks, like we've never had him, had him before. I believe that this is an opportunity, pastors, up here at Big Bear. I believe that this, this, this church right here, this assembly, could explode if, if, if you'll just get back to the altar. Hallelujah. I mean, we 
up again. The Bible says in the book of Joel, to weep between the porch and the altar. I mean, let those hot tears begin to come down your face of contrition and say, oh God, help us to reach this, the lost. And instead of just saying, in the name of Jesus, we're going to do it. Amen, and brother, that has not worked like that. We're going to have to get back to the call and say, God, I can do nothing without you. I've got to know the Jesus that I preach. I've got to know the Jesus that I sing about. I've got to know the Jesus that we're espousing here today. He is high. He is holy. He is lifted up. It was Isaiah that saw the Lord. Hallelujah. In the year that King Uzziah died. Elvin to Uzziah died. And Isaiah is by himself before the altar praying unto God. All of a sudden he sees the glory of God. Oh, I want to see him. Be honest with you, I don't want to see you. I love you. But I want to see Jesus here. Folks, I'll tell you one thing. I'm probably preaching myself into conviction more than anybody else out. Are you with me today? Are you bored? For if the word was spoken by angels, and was steadfast that every transgression and disobedient received a just recompense of reward. There was a, there was a belief, and those of you that know the word uh, will know this, that there was a belief that the angels, and this is, I think, alluded to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, to where the angels helped Moses receive the law. And so the writer of the Hebrews is, is when it says that, uh, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, the law is steadfast. The word of God is steadfast. The word of God works. We saw it work this week. The greatest hindrance to God working is unbelief. Jesus could not do many miracles in Nazareth. Not because they were adulterers. Not because they were carousers. Or a wrangler. Or a husker. <laughs> it's because they didn't believe. They didn't believe him. How many of you believe the word of Almighty God? It's a truth. Let me get to verse 3, and then I'm going to get to verse 4, and then we're going to pray. But that isn't where we're going there just yet. How shall we escape if we neglect? Stop right there. What is it referring to? I hate to say this to you folks, but it's talking about hell. How shall we escape if we not reject this neglect? Jesus said, you're the soul of the earth. But the soul of his lost and savior is good for nothing and trampled under foot of men. You know, know, America has so much religious activity. 
you know, you know this. We, in the South, we have Mardell's bookstore. Y'all have heard of Mardell's? Mardell's is almost as big. Well, y'all have Hobby Lobby out here? Okay, it's like Michael. Y'all have Michael's out here? It's like Michael's. Hobby Lobby is like Michael's and Mardell's is a Christian bookstore about the size of Mardell, of Hobby Lobby. It's big. I mean, it's, you know, the South, it's the Bible Belt. Everywhere you look, there's a church. And there's a preacher. And there's a gospel station. We have several Christian stations on TV. We have conferences for men. Conferences for young people. Conferences for women. Conferences for singles. Conferences for married couples. We have retreats for this. We have retreats for that. We have seminars on healing. We have seminars on prophecy. We have seminars on being a prophet. We have seminars on being a prophet. Are you against? I'm not against any of that. Please. I preach a lot of these seminars. You know, I preach them. I preach conferences. I love it. Uh, it's awesome. We, we have, we have um, all kinds of isms and schisms within the body of Christ. But yet America still is not in revival. America is still not having a great awakening as of yet. You hear what I'm saying? We thought if we got more liberal, didn't preach too strong, didn't get loud, didn't speak in tongues and public worship anymore, relegated to the back room, don't prophesy, we would, we would impact more people. We haven't impacted more people. We thought that if we would change up our ways of doing things and become a little bit more contemporary, we'd get more people. We didn't get more people. We lost people because we thought it was all about what I can do to get to get people to come in. And I began to realize, folks, I don't have a lot of whatever. You know, I got this little mark on my face because I'm having this little cancer, so I'm taking a cream and it's supposed to take it away so it doesn't leave a scar. And this thing just keeps getting uglier and uglier and uglier and uglier and uglier. So you probably look at that. I wonder if that's on his face. He's ugly. Praise God. And so all of a sudden, you begin to you begin and look at, well, you know, all of a sudden we want people to be attracted to us. We want people to be attracted to our building and attracted to, to, to our music. And I'm not, please understand, do not read any into what I'm saying here. I'm not against anything that any of us are doing. But it's not really about what I can do. It's about Jesus Christ doing something, hallelujah, through the church. Any, anybody in the house right now? Now, 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 uh, I... Let, let, let me go on record here. I know there's been excesses in Pentecostal the charismatic movement. We talked about that yesterday. There's been excesses. I, you know, I, I know some crazy thing. Really, I was raised. I wasn't raised something else. I was raised in the, the Pentecostal way. I don't know anything else. I, I've seen some crazy things in it. And, but in spite of all of that, in spite of all the craziness, I, that just kind of goes with the territory of the great Azusa Street revival. People are getting the Holy Ghost on this side of the altar, and the spiritualists from from L.A. are coming down and trying to copy the same thing. What did they do? They didn't worry about them. They just kept worrying about this. And so all of a sudden, I began to realize, I'm just speaking this. I know this. You've got to bring things into order once in a while. You've got to deal with things. I understand all that. So, so don't say that I'm not. But he said, I'd rather have some of that than nothing. Did you hear what I said? I'd rather have some wildfire than nothing. Fire it off! Does anybody still believe that Jesus Christ is... Can you shout Amen! Now, now I, I admit I was raised real strict, brother, really. If I, would, I, I could have preached here 20 years ago, believe me, because I would have preached against everything half the people do here. <laughs> so God has had to do work in my life. You know, but... I'd rather be too strict than too loose. Hallelujah. You know, let me tell you something how, how strict we were. 
Are y'all with me tonight, sir? Everything when I grew up was a sin. Bowling was a sin. Dominoes was a sin because people gambled with dominoes. Uh, there were people that did not believe in playing Monopoly with because you shot dice, so you had to use a spinner instead. Um, football games were a sin. Basketball games were a sin. Baseball games were a sin. Pants on ladies was a sin. Cutting your hair too short was a sin. Now, they, now they could get away with that if they cut their hair, if they wore it in a bun, and you didn't know if they, sh- they cut it or not. So at the end of that, was, as long as it was in a bun, it was okay. Um, <laughs> uh, beards were sinful. Uh, mustaches were sinful. Uh, everything was a sin. I understand that some of the, I mean, they, they, they even would teach against uh, drinking a Coke with a star in it because someone might think you're a wino. And so you couldn't do that. And everything became, some people preach against tassels on your shoes for the men. And, and all, you know, they, they just went on and on. Everything became an issue. Red dresses were considered silver because that was the red light district. And ladies did not wear red dresses. And, and uh, you know, so I mean, it, everything became became an issue. And so I understand that. But at the end of the day, folks, now nothing's an issue. Y'all with me? So now we have people drinking. Coolers. Smoking. And don't get me wrong with that. God can deliver. I'm not, playing, I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about people that saved that say it's okay. They got their own revelation going. Going to see filthy movies. I told you the other night at the tent, 70% of all men in America are, are hooked to internet porn. They did an in-house, um, a buddy of mine, he's the dean at Christ of the Nations in Dallas. They did an in-house with the men in the dorms. 50% look at pornography. And these are guys going to ministry. Now, the, the, the thing is, is that they don't think it's wrong. Now, see, some of us that are a little bit older, you know, we know that that's wrong. But you have to understand, we have a generation of young people that anything goes. Well, it's real quiet in here. Are you all with me today? I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get the positive part in just a minute. Well, the thing is, where is your standard? It's amazing. People hate people that believe in holiness now. They call... They call you a legalist. And they don't even know what that term means. He's just so legalistic. Well, can you define what that means to me, please? Do you believe that we should have a law in America for uh, murder? Isn't that legal? Do you think that it's, it should be illegal to um, break into somebody's house and take your possessions? Isn't that legal? Do you think that homosexuality is a sin? Do you think it will send people to hell? 
Do you think same-sex marriage should be illegal? Yeah. <laughs> I understand. That's fine. That's all right. Do, do you think that marijuana should be cons- kept illegal? Cocaine? You know why it's illegal? Because it, it keeps people, first of all, it helps people know this is wrong, and it keeps people safe. See, I don't want, I don't want these boys right here to be raised in a culture where iniquity is okay. It's not my generation I'm concerned about. It's these boys. But we keep drifting. We keep neglecting. Well, I'm saved. I can't judge anybody. I'm nobody's judge. They're living in, uh, in immorality, but they're okay. Hello? According to the Word of God, the Bible says, He that nameth the name of the Lord, let him depart from iniquity. Leave it. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Without holiness, no man shall see God. It's real quiet in here, but that's okay. Let me say that again. He that nameth the name of the Lord, let him depart from iniquity. He that stole, let him steal no more. Anybody in the house right now? How many of you are in the house today? Hallelujah. Now how do we know this word is true? Give me another few minutes and I'll be done. In fact, let me verse 3 again. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? What are you saying this? The Lord spoke it first. And then we're speaking what he said. I feel that. <laughs> so what, I, what I'm trying to preach is what Jesus preached. What I'm trying to live is what Jesus lived. What I'm trying to believe is what he believed. Not trying to alter it for a culture that's decadent. Hallelujah. I believe that God can use his church. In order to bring such revival to this part of California, that people come from the L.A. basin, that people come from what they call the Imperial, whatever this is down here, they come from all over the place, and they say, God is working in this house. Hallelujah. I believe that God can move in such a way in this place, that uh, whether they're standing on the parking lot, you, you've got to have a continual tent meeting out there on your parking lot. Hallelujah. My Lord, can anybody in the house shout amen? Anybody excited in the house besides Chris Clark tonight? I believe there's a fresh anointing in your pastor. That says verse four. I gotta. I'm trying to move on. God also bearing them witness with both with signs and wonders. Now this is what I like. How do I know what Jesus said is true? Signs, wonders. Oh, praise God. I'm trying to be cool. <laughs> Signs and wonders and divers miracles. Let me say divers. And that means various miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. Okay. And I'm going to pray.
preach, and then we're going to pray. That's the, see. Praise the Lord. I told you this week, thank you. Is that clean? Okay. I have one too, but it's not, ain't clean, okay. I was going to pull mine out, but you probably wouldn't enjoy that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I told you this week, you know, when you take, when you learn how to preach a Bible school, you know, three points, no, introduction, three points, and then you have a conclusion. And a hymn. You have that too, didn't you? And you have different types of, of types of, of, of homiletical preaching, brother. You have textual, textual topical, expository. And then you can just keep going on and building. Well, and they say, well, you, you can preach the, the, the negative and then you have to preach the positive. So now I'm going to the positive right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You gotta, we must be balanced, you know. Praise God. So let's, so, so Jesus' ministry, He confirmed His ministry with signs and wonders. How many of you still believe in signs and wonders? Now, now Paul said in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, if Christ had not risen from the dead, our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain, and folks, we're still in our sin. Now, now I preach on the on the cross last night and the resurrection. In fact, many scholars that you read in theological textbooks believe that First Corinthians fifteen was probably the first creed of the church. Because there were those that were denying the resurrection. They, 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 they didn't really mind the crucifixion too much because that was public, you know. But, but when, and they didn't really mind the fact that Jesus was a teacher as a Muslim's teacher, a, a good prophet. But this problem with the resurrection, there were those that were denying the resurrection of Jesus. There were those that had a problem with the resurrection that a dead man could actually be walking around. In fact, the Gnostics, well, I'm not going to try to... Anyway, they were a group of... Go look it up in your dictionary. And they, they believed that, that Jesus existed, but only as a spirit being, not a real man. Like you. You're real, right? Right. <laughs> a real man that walked around just as a spirit, and he was just spiritual. But you know something, folks. By the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, it shows that the Word of God, that He is God, and that when He spoke, He spoke as God. Therefore, I can believe if Jesus says the works that I do, Chris, Pastor Tunnel, you're going to do also. Now, how many of you know that Jesus Christ cannot lie? Now, the, the devil, I don't like to talk about him too much. But the devil really hates miracles. He doesn't mind religion. You know, he doesn't mind us coming to church. I'm going to pretend like I'm a song leader here. And singing, Blessed be the ties that bind. He sleeps with the rest of them. Oh, wow. I wish you'd hurry up and sing it because the Cowboys are fixing a play here at 12. 
The devil doesn't mind those kind of churches. You know, where they deny everything. Where, you know, that this Bible is not totally reliable. You don't really believe that Israel went through the the Red Sea on dry ground, do you? Oh, please, 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 please. We're more intellectual than that. You, you don't really believe that Pharaoh's chariots were drowned in the Red Sea. In fact, it's probably only two inches of water. You don't really believe that that, that, that old uh, uh, Jonah was swallowed by a whale, do you? Come on, don't please. We're, more, we beyond, we're beyond that. And then uh, those churches just keep declining. So now they have to have dances in the basement for the kids to get a group. We don't do that, do we? And we've got to have bingo to get excitement. It's got to go, mmm. And we've got to bring rock music in and strobe lights to get it. Because, you know, we really cannot, no, this is really reliable, but we do want to be socially responsible in our community. But not us. We believe that Jesus Christ not just healed, but he heals today. And we still believe in signs and wonders, and that young men like 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 uh, this Joey. Thank you. I'm gonna call him Mikey. Joey, that he can also lay hands on the sick, and they also will recover. And I believe that God can use these kids, and they can see the miraculous of Jesus Christ also, because the word of God is confirmed with signs and wonders, and divers miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. I believe. In all nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. I believe in tongues. I believe in interpretation of tongues. I believe in the gift of prophecy. I told you last night. I believe in the word of wisdom. I believe in the word of knowledge. I believe in the gift of discernment, the gift of faith. I believe in it all. How many of you believe in it all today? I believe in healing and the working of miracles. Can anybody in the house shout amen today? What I want, I want to challenge you. Go look for sick people. Go look for sick people in Big Bear. In the restaurant. In the store. And say, you know what? I, our church believes in divine healing. Would you mind if I pray for you? What are they going to tell you no or yes? <laughs> and then when you lay your hands on them or pray for them, you say, what happens if God doesn't heal them? What happens if he does? What happens if they don't feel anything? What happens if they do? What happens if nothing happens? But what happens if something does happen? Stop looking at that. You're just so represent- oh, Folks, I'm so excited about Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I'm so excited. Anybody excited about Jesus Christ? Uh, I mean, we, we want the harvest. Let the harvest know that Jesus Christ is alive. We want, we want our, are y'all with me today? Praise God. Calm down, brother. Hallelujah. I told those boys I was not the tent. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, folks. Hallelujah. It's not just for Africa. It's not just for the Philippines. It's not just for India. It's for us. Give me five, my sister. Hallelujah. 
I mean, it's, I mean, my Lord, everybody God can use in this room. You pass. How do you can? You can. You well, brother, it's a special anointing. It's a special. Well, brother, you'll never find out how special it is until that the Lord spoke to me. He doesn't do that whole lot, but he spoke to me and he said, "The anointing is not for your benefit; it's for theirs." And he's not going to waste his anointing just to sing good or to preach good, but the anointing will meet the need. Get out there. Well, they're going to think I'm a fanatic. They already think that. They're going to label me with those tongue talkers. You already labeled. When they see your sign and people go by, what kind of church is that, Daddy? Oh, you don't want to go in there. There are people. <laughs> oh, no. They're, they hoodoo you. Praise God. They, they, oh, Jesus. There's an old Pentecostal lady, preacher there in Tyler, Texas. And, and there in Tyler, Texas, um, she, Sister Lewis, we call her Mother Lewis. And she knew Hagen, Brother Hagen. They, they were, it was her, her brother-in-law. That's why she's a Lewis. That brought Brother Hagen into Tyler, Texas in the 1950s. And, uh, so, Mother Lewis got up and testified, and she was in her 90s, and she was that, she was in the long skirt, Pentecostal bun, and, 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 long sleeves, and a high collar, and she had a cane, and she had a Pentecostal handkerchief with lace on it. I don't use lace handkerchiefs, by the way. But anyway, she had a lace handkerchief, and she, she had her, her hand on one cane, and the, and the, and the, and her hanky on the other, and she began to go, and she said, she said, your Pentecost has a sound to it. Have you heard it lately? Praise the Lord, because it's a sound from heaven. And so I asked Mother Lewis, I said, Sister Lewis, when did you get saved? She's about 1925 here in East Texas. She said, when the Pentecostals came through here, and she, we, 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 we meet in the, are you the pastor's wife? Okay. Hallelujah. We, we meet in the, we will meet in the, I just want to just make sure, brother. Hallelujah. You know, we're living in the last days. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And, and uh, my, my, I, asked, I said, Mother Lewis, how did you get the Holy Ghost? And, and she said, well, the Pentecostals came through here. Uh, we were all Baptists. Uh, and they came through here. And they sort of in the, the schoolhouse. And they said that we're going to turn off the lights, throw powder on you, and roll the floor. And so they said, don't go down there. She said, you know what we did? We went down there to find out what they were rolling about. And so we walked in there. She said, and the power of the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, baptized in the Spirit. We saw signs and wonders. We saw devils come out. We saw the sick healed. Hallelujah. How do you believe that God can do it again? My Lord. How do you believe God can do it again? If you believe it, shout amen today. Everybody show glory. Hallelujah, brother. Signs and wonders. I've seen people's teeth filled with gold. I was at a service in Dallas, Texas. And believe it or not, it was in a, in a service of God church. Imagine it. A friend of mine had a preacher from even the, the, the even their side of our church. Hallelujah. They brought in a, a, an evangelist from Spain. Are you all with me today? Are you all tired? This video I'm taking out anyway. Take one here. Hallelujah. <laughs> they brought an evangelist from Spain, from Madrid, and a, and a someone's got an evangelist, young man. 
didn't speak any English. A girl was in the service. Leg was broken. She had one of those uh, fake, or what do you call temporary casts. Kind of like you do, sister. Kind of like what you have, but on her leg. The evangelist said to her, she had never been in church in her life. At least one of those kind. Said, uh, Jesus is healing you right now. They interpreted for her. He said, throw down your crutches. Healed. The young man preaches. They have burgundy carpet on the floor. Burgundy. Beautiful church. They have marble in the front. Beautiful church. Christian center. Wow. Have they look, look good? Smelt good? We're good. And all of a sudden, that young man began to minister. And I'm looking on the floor, and the people are being slain by the drove. So you just have to keep moving the chairs back, 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 back. So I'm looking at the floor, and all of a sudden, this gold powder begins to appear. Into the sun of the God Church, brother. <laughs> yeah, those things are dangerous. <laughs> it can happen to anybody else, but God, A.G. <laughs> begin up here, I'm looking. Wow, what is that? So I thought it was the acoustical. You know, sometimes they shoot uh, glitter into the ceiling. I thought it was falling down. I go, oh, they don't have any. While I'm looking at it, it just begins to appear all over the floor. The, the preacher says this, the glory of the Lord is passing through this place. People had it all over their body. Wow. You've heard that kind of stuff before. Would you really believe it's true? Why would God do that? Why would God do that? Why did God just give them a new tooth and not with a gold one? Why would God do that? I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. I, God didn't tell me. He, no, are y'all with me? I called the presbyter of the section. I said, he wasn't in, and so I told his daughter. No, are y'all with me? Yeah. I called the presbyter of the section. I said, he wasn't in, and so I told his daughter. I said, uh, I saw this happen last night. He told me, he, she said, well, this young man came to the church, and there was some, uh, uh, a boy that had his arm like this. He had not grown, and he prayed for him, and it grew. Another man didn't have an ear. His ear was deformed, and he prayed for him, and the ear grew. A sign and a wonder. A sign and the people wonder. Uh, no doubt that's what it is. I wonder what it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I went and did a revival in Gainesville, Texas, after that revival, with the gold dust. I went to a very conservative assembly God church. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about long hair, all that. And they're kind of a little bit more, a little bit more reserved when it comes to those kind of things. The pastor told me, years ago he was preaching against A.A. Allen because back in the 60s and 50s, people, there would be oil in people's hands. You ever heard of that before? He said, I was preaching against it. And while I'm preaching, it begins to happen. 
old brother Logan. I'm preaching this revival, and gold dust begins to appear on people. A sign and a wonder. No, Jesus, stay in your box. Can you fit in the size of this frame, Jesus? All it takes, and I'm closing, is God to show up. And you'll never have enough chairs for the people. During the Jesus movement, there was never a building big enough or a tent. Would you come and just play that beautiful song, How Great Is Our God? Can you, can you do that? Okay, okay. I know I probably messed up your whatever. <laughs> you want to see God move? I mean... You're 26, right? I mean, I don't want to wait for another 10 years. <laughs> Brother, I could tell you some things that probably just totally freak you out. Well, I guess I, guess I will. <laughs> At the Azusa Street Revival in California. Oh, we are in California, excuse me. Down there. My mother has a book called The Sons of Azusa Street, or The Children of Azusa Street. Have you ever read that book? It's the kids that were there that kept, that they wrote a book. Come here, son. Come here. Come here, buddy. Will he get scared? Okay. Come here, dude. Because I want him to. Yeah, what's your name? Josiah. Okay, here's little Josiah. Hold on, buddy. Five. Now he's in a Pentecostal church. When the children were in Azusa Street, they said that this cloud would begin to move in. And when the cloud was in there, the Shekinah glory, they said the miracles were greater. Because you see, the Holy Spirit produces faith. And He produces miracles. Because I can't do it. So that's why they would pray and allow God to have His way. Get this, Josiah. They brought in a man to that Azusa Street revival. He was a railroader, his arm was severed. From an, a railroad accident. He came to the revival and in front of all the little Josiahs prayed for that man that is all. He said the first thing that, that shot out was bones. They're pretty heavy. <laughs> Come here. 
Senhor. And then muscles and tendons. And then a hand and fingernails. Now, we have a generation that we've raised in our churches that have never seen that. They brought a man that didn't have a leg. He had a wooden leg. He had gotten gangrene. He told the pastor, Brother Seymour, would you pray that God will heal his gangrene? And they said, well, let's just pray that God will give you a new leg. And a leg group. Smith Wigglesworth prayed for a man that didn't have any feet. He said, the Lord's going to heal you, give you new feet. So the man went to a shoe store. No feet. He said, I want to buy some shoes. Have you heard this story before? Have you ever heard this? He said, the shoe says, what, uh, what size do you want? And the guy says, oh, give me, bring me a size nine. Put the shoes down on the floor. I want a man take, I mean, really, you know, this is, I mean, this is stretching it. For everybody. The man puts the shoes on the floor. And when he does, this man's feet grow. Maria Wentworth Eder, the great evangelist of a hundred years ago. How many of you have ever heard of her before? You've heard of her? Have you ever heard of Sister Eder? You have. You've heard of her? She's a preacher in California. She was a holiness preacher. She was preaching in the 1880s, 1890s. She would receive the Holy Ghost. She would go into a trance. She'd be in her tent. She'd be preaching. She'd put her finger up and just freeze for 24 hours. She would just begin to look at the sign and wonder. And then she'd come back to herself and just keep preaching. She had so many people slain in the Holy Ghost, they called it trance evangelism. These types of people shook cities. Yes, they, yes, they, were, they were rebuffed. Yes, they were maligned. They were ridiculed. But they didn't care. Maria went with Etiquette Preach and 50 miles away, somebody plowing the field will fall in the power of God. We raise a generation that thinks all the move of God is this singing, maybe a word, a message, and then going home. That's why our Bible schools are in the condition they are. Because we, we produce young people that have never seen a move of God. They can defend one theologically, but they've never experienced one. God is fixing to turn that around. The Josiahs are going to see a move of God. There's a move of God coming to America. 
going to be phenomenal. You're going to be a part of it. 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 Josiah's going to be a part of it. You folks right here are going to be a part of it. You're going to be a part of it. But you're going to be a part of it. Here, brother, right now. In fact, we're a part of it now. What is in this room, church? In the great book, Like a Mighty River, Like a Mighty Wind, Notori. This Presbyterian, I believe. And the Holy Ghost was visiting their church in, the, in Indonesia. They believed the Bible. How archaic, but they disbelieved it. And the Lord had a team of young people. And they would go from village to village preaching. And they came to a swollen river. And the Lord had indicated to them to go to this village, but they could not cross the river. Now, rivers in the jungle are not like rivers up here. Where you could kind of just jump across the creek. Those rivers are deep. Some of them are like as wide as your lake. That's a river. The Lord told them to go to this village, but they couldn't get across it. It was flood stage. So they prayed. How do we get across it? They rode with Jesus, yes. Walked on the water. But if Jesus could do it, can't we? See what they do? They say, in the name of Jesus, if you have called us to go over there, we're going to walk across this river. And the first individual put their, their foot in the, in the water. It came up right here, got to their ankle. And they just kept going. They walked across the river. That's the God I serve. You know why we don't see many miracles and signs and wonders? Because we don't think we need them. You want to see that, sister? How old are you? Do you want to see your generation? I mean, really see God. I don't know what God spoke to you as a young man. And the Lord used me to give him a word the other night. But I'm going to tell you something, Pastor. The hand of God, and I want you to hear what I have to say. The hand of God is on your life. God put it there.
Give me joy. Give me a sign. How old are you? Okay. Stand right here. So much of sign. I mentioned last night. Are you still with me, folks? I'm going over. I mentioned last night that a teenager this this age by the name of H.C. Ball in 1914 went to a tent revival in Kingsville, Texas. Now, you probably don't know where that's at. You know where that's at. Down by Corpus Christi. And First Assembly of God was have, just started had a tent revival. This boy, I'm just, you're going to be H.C., okay, son? All right. H.C., goes to the tent revival. He's a Methodist boy. He seems the Holy Ghost. And the Lord says, start a Spanish church. He didn't speak Spanish. No, he's only a year older than him. That's all he is. Anybody here 15? Nobody? All right. You're 15? All right. H.C., the Lord speaks to him, and H.C. doesn't speak any English. Spanish, excuse me, Spanish. But he says, I'll do it, because I've got the Holy Ghost. That's why they believe back then. I receive what Jesus said I can do what he says to do. So H.C. gets some migrant workers, some Hispanics, migrant workers. They're Kingsville. Kingsville's right along the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. Working in the fields, the cotton fields. Just right by King Ranch. Biggest ranch, well, it was the biggest ranch in the world. It was about a million acres of its day. Starts in a little pier and bean building. Church is called Bethel Assembly. That church, that building is still there. In fact, they moved it to San Antonio. But watch this. He starts a little group. They called them Holy Rollers back then. They had an upright piano, an altar bench, and a pulpit, full of kerosene lamps. And they started a Spanish work. Now watch this. H.C. grows up a little bit bigger. He's because about 20, 21 years old. God says, okay, leave Kingsville, put a pastor there. Now go to San Antonio, Texas. He goes to San Antonio, Texas, starts a church called Temple Cristiano, Christian Temple. Starts a church. Starts a Bible school called Latin American Bible Institute. You've heard of that school. He's just a kid. Starting a Bible school. During that time, a young man from Monterey, Mexico, goes to Pasadena, Texas, which is by Houston. He starts picking cotton with the, the black folks. This young man, by the name of Juan Orozco, speaks no English, and the blacks don't speak Spanish. But the Church of God in Christ. And they witness to him, and he gets saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost. So Brother Orozco hears about this kid up here because they're both kids. Goes up to San Antonio and starts working with H.C. 
Juan Orozco gets tuberculosis. He goes back to Monterey, Mexico to die. He climbs up on a mountain there called the Horse of Saddle. Have you been to Monterey? Okay, you know that Horse of Saddle, that mountain? He climbs up there to pray because he's fixing to die. And the Lord gives him a vision. Start a Pentecostal church in Monterey. And there were no Pentecostal churches. But Lord, I'm dying. He said, don't worry, I'm going to heal you. He gets healed. He gets healed. He starts a church called Temple El Salvador, our Savior's Temple. That church now seats 2,000 people. And Juan Orozco lived to be 101 years old. The Spanish work with the Texas. California Puerto Rico Mexico Well I'm so excited I'm sorry I went so long I mean that I'm sorry but if you gotta go home you can go ahead Went to Florida Pennsylvania Nicaragua A teenager said yes didn't know that millions were going to be ushered in the kingdom of God. Because he would not let it slip away. He would not neglect it. The Lord is in this room. Hallelujah. We got a Bible school here in California, La Puente, because of this man. Sonny Argonzoni of the Victory Outreach is a, is a product of that man, that boy. The Victory Outreach. Team Challenge. We go on and on. I'm sorry, lift your hands. I mean that, I'm sorry. But Jesus is here. I don't want to let this slip away. Pastor, I don't want to neglect it. Josiah, I want your generation, son. I know you don't understand what I'm saying just yet. You're five years old, buddy. But I want your generation to see what I saw growing up.
I don't want to discipline doctrine in a book or a magazine. starting to feed. Last story I'm going to tell you. I think. In the 1950s, there was a revival at the Apache Indian Reservation at White River. The Assembly of God Church is having a revival. Now watch this. This is going to freak you out. Blow you away. Back in those days, the Indians mainly walked. This was 50 years ago. How God moves in this church. Jesus appears on the roof with his hands outstretched. The Apaches begin to run in to the building. Revolver breaks out of the reservation. I was telling the story of First Assembly in Tucson last year. A young Apache boy was in the was in the service. He said, my pastor, my pastor was in that revival. He ran in and got saved for the Holy Ghost that I was preaching today. I cannot tell you the how good I have to see God I want you to see that. I want God to use you. I'm a driven man. You're looking at a man possessed. Thank God to see him move in this generation. I want to see these kids. These kids. See God move. I don't care if it's oil in the hands, gold dust, jewels, clouds. I don't care what it is, as long as Jesus comes by. That's all I care about. I'm sorry, using your hanky, Pastor. I want to come up here, buddy. Come up here. Josiah, buddy. I said I was going to tell another story. I'm going to tell one more. Back in the 1940s, Laura spoke to a young preacher, a lady preacher, built a church in Detroit, Michigan for kids, for children. Her name is Sister Beale. Have you heard that name? Started in Assembly of God Church, the first missionary Assembly of God. They started in a basement. She's praying. You've heard the story. The Lord said, I'm fixing to bring a revival. Build a church of 4,000 people here in Detroit. She builds this church. I mean, with kids. 
Revival breaks out called the Lateran Movement. Goes from Canada to that church. The Shekinah glory would move in there. I knew a lady that was there with Sister Beal from the beginning, Sister Dooley. She's still living. She's in her middle 80s now. She said, Chris, when you would walk in, Bethesda. Sweep across those thousands of people. Can you follow me if I sing a song? Can you, can you, can you play by ear? I don't want to put you on the spot. Probably not. All right. Can I sing it? Yes. What key do you want to go to? KFC. And a song came out of that, that meeting. Out of the, out of the, out of the latter rain movement. It shall flow like a river. It shall fall like the rain. It shall rise. As the dawning of the glory for the land and the knowledge of the Lord, can you lift your hands? Shall fill all the earth and the spirit of the Lord. Have you ever heard that song? That's Light of Rain song. It shall flow like a river. It shall fall <laughs> like the rain. It shall rise. As the morning of the glory o'er the land and the knowledge of the Lord shall fill all the earth and the spirit of the Lord shall fall. That revival went around the world. Everybody that wants revival, come up and stand in the front of you. Tonight. We may have to, this morning, we may have to kind of move the chairs back a little bit. I don't, I'm not trying to, is that okay? Kind of just come this way towards where, the, where I'm standing. Not because I'm here, but just. <laughs> if you have a hard time standing, please sit down. Because we understand that people can't stand for a long time. John Olstein is a par- product of that great move. When you begin to trace it,
the name of the Lord is in this house. Jesus, let me tell you something, folks. Jesus is here. We raised a generation that's never seen this. But we're going to see it again. Son, you can see Jesus. Jen, you can see him. Of the glory of the land, have the knowledge of the Lord shall fill all the earth. And the Spirit of the Lord shall fall. And the Spirit of the Lord shall fall. Shall fall. It shall flow like a river. It shall flow like a river. It shall fall like the rain. It shall fall like the rain. It shall rise as the dawning. It shall rise as the dawning. church we don't put our emphasis on tongues we put our emphasis on the the person of the Holy Ghost excuse my weeping folks I don't weep a whole lot when I turn
to the name of Jesus right now. That's it, Jesus. Jesus. That's it, that's it, Jesus. Is the sweetest name I know. And 
high priest. Folks, I, I don't know if you, does anybody feel the Holy Ghost like I do in this room? How many feel the presence of the Lord in this room right now? Say his one name one more time, Jesus. That's it, Tom. Uh, we love you, Jesus. I love you.
to say a simple word. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, breathe. There it is. Breathe. Breathe, Holy Spirit. says this, now, 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 now Zane, receive, now, 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 honey, lift your hands right now, you're a your young girl, lift your hand, lay your hands on this girl right now, in the name of Jesus, we hug, receive, now, now, there it is. Now, 
behind her please preferably a man that could that's strong right now sister now 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 sister right behind you, Pat. Lift your hands. Just lift your hands right there. Lay your hands on Come on, I want you to The hand of God's on your life, sir. Let her one more time see God move. In the name of Jesus. Now. Now. Hey, glory to God. Now. Jesus. Let her fall if she falls, saints. Sister, what she received a long time ago is still there. Don't think that God has ever moved away. Lift your hands one I want you to pray in the name of Jesus with authority. In the name of Jesus, raise up this lady. Now, let the spirit of prophecy flow through her. Pastor, would you come over here and stand right here, brother? Now, brother, I don't know really your background, what kind of a church you were raised. I don't know anything about that. Why don't you come over, young people? It's going to take your generation. I mean, I'm not over the hill just yet, but I'm going to tell you something. We need preachers. We don't need a sharer. I'm tired of the term, we're going to share with you. We need a man that can say, I have heard from God. Someone that can proclaim the word boldly without fear or trepidation of man. Bible says that Paul went into places where even angels feared to tread. Paul was not afraid of the meek, and he was not afraid of Caesar. He stood before them all. 
he boldly proclaimed the gospel. And many times he said, Caesar's house salute you, meaning the soldiers that were chained to him. God saved. We demand that's going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. That will turn the children back to the parents, the parents back to the kids, and the nation back to God. I want you to lay your hands upon the man right now of God, right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to lift up your voices at Pentecostal Church. By the authority of the mighty name of Jesus for this young man. Now. 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 Nor to the Holy Ghost on this young man. Bible says the book of Psalms that Israel knew the way the acts of God Moses the ways if the Lord is telling me to tell you this learn the ways of God the acts will follow learn the current of the Holy Ghost don't allow this culture to conform you to its image I tell you from experience, it does not work. Praise God, folks. Take the hand of the person beside you right now, if you would. Thank you. 
have a sensitivity more to the Holy Spirit to the voice of God 
you're going to become a tenderness in your heart. Because Jesus, that was never there. Like it's fixing to be. You're going to know Him like you never knew Him before. Some of these young people, the hand of God's on their life, but He's also in yours. Both of you, man, did I put it there? Jesus put it there. I want you that around this couple right now, lay your hands upon them. Jesus. Self available in this ministry. Lord, in the name of Jesus, empower them with the Holy Ghost. Let them hear the voice of God. Brother Jim, I see you. I don't do this very often that you know that I see it kind of like Elijah he wanted to give up so he goes to Mount Horeb 40 days in he gets into a cave he covers himself with a mantle the mantle is the call of God speaks to him in a whirlwind but God was not in it an earthquake but God was not in that either but in a still small voice and Elijah was asked the question Elijah why are you here Elijah said I'm the only one that has not bowed their knee to Baal says I reserved unto myself 7,000 prophets that have not battled the Lord is going to begin to wrap you in his mantle you and sister Linda right now from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet
is going to begin to give you, my brother, a fresh anointing. I say this with fear and trepidation. Accelerate the move of God. I want the men feel the Holy Spirit to come around this couple right now. Ladies, come around, my sister. The men around her brother. Pastor, would you come? begin to pray for this anointing of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Pastor, let God use you right there. Young man, let God use you. Jesus. 
Ghost fire, fire, fire in the name of Jesus. Now, now, let it burn in this entire altar. 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 Burn, burn, burn. Chataya. Rikora Marisa Taya. Rikora Marisa Taya. Rikora Mahataya. Sayana Marika Taya. Let it burn in the name of Jesus. Let it burn in the name of Jesus. Let it burn in the Holy Ghost. Suramaravaturamandarasataya. Saying, you young men, lay down and lay your hands upon him. Hallelujah.
Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus.
Oh 